Hello and welcome to this opportunity for you to learn, develop and contribute more to your cause. Today you'll hear from Jason Pru, a PhD student at Simon Fraser University. You'll learn how our enjoyment of giving to charity changes in the short and long term, whether giving with other people increases our enjoyment of giving and generosity, whether collaborative giving can increase generosity over time, and whether charities should invest in encouraging supporters to give collaboratively. Enjoy. Jason, it's great to have you. Uh, so we're going to be talking today about the relationship between collaborative giving, uh, intrinsic enjoyment and the generosity in charitable giving, uh, because you published a very interesting paper on those subjects or the combination and how they relate together. Um, so just to get us started, do you want to define some terms for us and tell us what we mean by collaborative giving. Sure, uh, and first I just want to say a big thank you to you and, and your listeners for having me. Um, we did uh, conduct a couple of experiments uh, probing those ideas together um, with my supervisor, Lara Ackerman at Simon Fraser University and our collaborator, Alex Barish at uh, New York uh, University's Durant School of Business. Um, but really to sort of define these terms, my colleagues and I uh, really define collaborative giving broadly as um, really any type of charitable giving that you share or do together with another person or people. Um, so for example, you might think about uh, a married couple who uh, maybe discuss and make a joint donation um, to give to the children's hospital and thanks for treating their child's leukemia. Um, or maybe even a community gets together and uses an online crowdsourcing platform like GoFundMe uh, to maybe support a local family whose house caught fire. Um, but I even think uh, things like giving circles are really great examples of collaborative giving too. Um, so these could be these small groups of a few friends or even complete strangers who regularly pool their resources and donate together to causes that the group values. So things like Black Lives Matter or even supporting Indigenous youth. Brilliant. And to add to the other part, which we're talking about, you know, we, I think we all know that experience of giving to charity. Um, you know, some of us uh, will have heard it. I've referred to it before as the warm, fuzzy feeling uh, that you get. Why do you think that we get that, you know, as an individual or when you give with someone else? For sure. I love it. I think warm fuzzies is, is technically the scientific term as well. <laughs> so I think that's what we use as researchers. Um, but yeah, I think there's actually been a growing body of uh, well-conducted experiments that sort of show that giving to charity or even spending money on other, um, to help others can cause us to feel more positive emotions. Um, and interesting, I think researchers are consistently finding that people seem most likely to experience these emotional rewards of giving when they sort of donate in ways that help fulfill what scientists call their basic psychological needs. Um, so these are basically needs to you know, freely choose our own actions, uh, to be effective and make an impact, um, or to feel connected with others. Um, so basically when charitable giving meets these needs, uh, giving tends to be more intrinsically rewarding or enjoyable in itself to do, uh, and we get to feel happier and, and these warm fuzzies as a result. Um, so for example, maybe if we spent like $10 to feed a family of five for a week, this feels like a really concrete impact um, that can help unlock the emotional benefits of giving. Um, but if you felt maybe pressured or, or like it wasn't your own choice to give, 
you're less likely to feel those warm fuzzies of giving. Um, but interestingly, I think uh, this um, intrinsic enjoyment and potential for social connection is a really um, intriguing idea because people are this very natural social species. Um, and so being able to use charitable giving as a way to connect with others can probably make it a lot more fun and intrinsically motivating and perhaps uh, chock full of those warm fuzzies. It's really interesting that there seems to be a balance there between the agency of the individual feeling that they're delivering to their own psychological needs and then also the enjoyment of giving collaboratively. And then to add another layer onto that, you mentioned that we're naturally social and being a social species, there's that. I suppose there's lots of layers that you can add on one side, you're um, showing to other people in the tribe, I'm a good sharing person. And I'm, I'm also thinking around different people have different causes that they like to give to. And I wonder how both individual experience, but then also how the priorities of the immediate social context play into those giving decisions and the extent to which we enjoy then the amount that we give. That's, I think that's why I really enjoy this work because it, like there, there's so much potential here to really dig deeper into what collaborative giving is like, what the possibilities could be in terms of how people react in this very social context. And I mean, so far in, in the research, people have mostly only focused on giving in these more individualized contexts, but we live in a social context. And we're very, because we're very social species, we tend to change our behaviors or our thoughts and actions just simply being around other people, depending on if we think they're going to like us more, if, we're, if we seem more generous, or if we think that um, they'll take care of um, you know, donating because we can, we can sit back and relax and, and they'll do all the work. And, and so it's, it's this really intriguing puzzle to try to figure out what pieces seem to be most important in, in affecting people's behaviors to give um, because of this nuanced uh, social context and the way people like to present themselves or, or interact with other people around them. And so um, lots of lots of intriguing questions to sort of pry or look into. And, and we've only sort of scratched the surface with the work that we've done so far. Well, I'm glad that you are you are doing the work. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking when I was reading uh, the paper was that in most circumstances, when you or when I think about enjoyment, I think it's there's often a trade off between short term and long term enjoyment. So, you know, easy example is that if I have a burger and a salad in front of me, there's a trade-off there. You know, I'm going to enjoy the burger much more in the short term, um, but the salad is going to be better for me in the long term, to really oversimplify the point. Um, but it strikes me that charitable giving plays into both our immediate gratification of the warm fuzzies that we just spoke about, but then also our long-term fulfillment of, oh, actually, my self-image is that I'm, good, I'm a good person, and the evidence that I'm a good person is that I have been giving to charity. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that, whether there is 
whether there are trade-offs that I'm missing um, in terms of short-term and long-term fulfillment and what you think? No, and this is actually a really rich uh, body of research as well. And scientists tend to give um, terms to these different types of uh, happiness, either the short term or the long term. And and so I just want to sort of clarify the terms there too. So um, what scientists call hedonic well-being um, is is this more short-term warm fuzzies that we were just talking about. So feeling these more pleasurable, positive emotions like joy and contentment. Um, but this more long-term uh, well-being that you're sort of referring to, what scientists call eudaimonic well-being, is more of this fulfillment that we get from you know living and acting in line with our values, you know, engaging in, in more meaningful or purpose, purposeful experiences or actions that help us grow and reach that full potential to live this higher quality life. Um, but I mean, you mentioned tr uh, trade-offs, but interestingly, research actually shows that uh, charitable giving can boost both positive emotions. Um, like uh, donating um, can make us feel more joy, but it also can help us feel more higher purpose and, and, and more self-acceptance and personal growth and flourishing as well. Um, so this more eudaimonic well-being. And in fact, over the past decade, actually, there's been roughly 250 studies or so that, or so that have tested um, how generous acts like charitable giving relate to either this hedonic or eudaimonic well-being. And a few years ago, a group of researchers actually pulled together all of those studies and tried to summarize the effects that they found. Um, and they saw that generous behaviors may actually more strongly affect eudaimonic well-being um, uh, compared to hedonic well-being. Uh, so maybe this more sense of purpose or this meaningful activity that allows us to you know, live this high quality life. And so I think it really does showcase that you know, charitable giving can be a very meaningful way uh, to increase our well-being but not make these trade-offs we we can feel that you know we can have this short-term pleasurable warm fuzzy experience as we're doing it but in the long term also get this this boost to our own growth and and, and living a higher quality life and this eudaimonic well-being i think it's just fantastic isn't it i, I from someone in the charity sector it's always pleasing to hear that the evidence shows, you know, if you if you give to charity, then you are going to feel better about it. Um, so there's, you know, scientific backing that giving to charity is a good thing to do for for yourself as well as the cause. Um, I um, to go back then to collaborative giving. We've established the enjoyment part of giving. So let's now look at how individual versus collaborative giving impacts on that uh, enjoyment. Could you outline and try to steal, steel man the arguments uh, that collaborative giving make people more and then less generous? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I'm happy, like, just as we were sort of talking about, like, it seems like there's this wealth of potential routes that um, collaborative giving could go in terms of affecting people's behavior, including generosity or how they feel. Um, and so my collaborators and I really try to look through the data that we that has, has been um, you know, conducted so far and the research that's been um, done. Um, and as I sort of mentioned before, a lot of scientists so far have really studied generosity in this more individual type of giving. Um, but there do seem to be at least some useful theories to help us predict how 
in this more social context, this collaborative giving might impact generosity. Um, so for example, based on what we know about people's helping behaviors in public contexts, we sort of reason that collaborative giving might um, decrease generosity um, because past work sort of shows that if people believe that others around them will help, uh, we actually tend to feel less accountable to help or give generously. Uh, so people have this sort of thought that, you know, why would I take responsibility and give more than I have to if others are going to step in and donate generously, right? Um, so it is completely possible that collaborative giving might actually undercut generosity if having others around us cause us to sort of diffuse this sense of responsibility to be generous onto the people that we're giving with. Um, but I think uh, other competing theories suggest that collaborative giving might actually boost generosity. Um, and in fact, I already kind of alluded to uh, one earlier um, where we were sort of talking about how charitable giving might um, give us the warm fuzzies. Um, so I mentioned that people are really highly motivated to connect with others. Um, and as a result, we often enjoy whatever we're doing to much more when we get to do it together with other people, right? So interestingly, people actually also tend to give more generously when they feel this greater sense of intrinsic enjoyment too. Um, so a reason that collaborative giving might amplify uh, feelings of intrinsic enjoyment because we're doing it together with others. And in turn, that might increase people's generosity if they're feeling this greater intrinsic enjoyment to give. Interesting. And based on that research and that combination of studies that you looked at, I know that you ran two experiments and I'd love it if you could run through each one in turn because i know that you they happened one after the other and you took the learning from one into the into the design for the next one so it'd be great if you could talk us through both of those yeah for sure so in our first experiment um we had over 100 pairs of unacquainted un unacquainted undergraduates um, who came into our lab um, and we randomly basically divided them into two groups um, so in the first group, uh, what we called the collaborative giving condition, uh, we had pairs discuss and make a joint donation. Uh, whereas in the second group, uh, what we call the independent giving condition, pairs just donated individually in each other's presence. Um, so basically we paid participants $5 uh, each to evaluate a charitable advertisement for a local children's hospital, uh, which they did either together or by themselves in the same room, depending on their condition. Uh, and then we just had uh, participants in the collaborative giving condition pool their money together and then discuss and make a joint donation. Um, whereas those in the independent giving condition silently donated next to each other. Uh, but afterwards, participants then reported how intrinsically enjoyable they found their donation to be. Um, so answering questions like how fun and interesting it was to them. And basically overall, we found that people in each group actually donated pretty similarly, uh, but participants uh, found it more intrinsically enjoyable to give collaboratively than independently. Um, and interestingly, people who felt this greater intrinsic enjoyment to donate in turn were more likely to donate generously. Um, and then if you want, uh, for the second experiment, we basically designed it to be largely the same as the first. Uh, we had have a new sample of just over 300 participants um, who we paid to evaluate this charitable advertisement uh, to a children's hospital. Uh, and then they had this opportunity to donate to them, right? Uh, we had some pairs do this collaboratively, whereas others, we just had them do it independently in each other's presence. 
Uh, but interesting, in, this, in the second experiment, we added a third condition uh, where a third group of participants gave completely alone in their own rooms. And this sort of helped us, you know, benchmark the effects of collaborative giving against perhaps more standard charitable giving practices. Um, and again, we found no major differences in generosity across conditions for this study, uh, but participants in the collaborative giving condition did report greater intrinsic enjoyment and then participants who gave independently or privately. And again, when people felt this greater intrinsic enjoyment from donating, uh, they were more likely to give generously. Um, so I think together the study sort of showcased that, you know, collaborative giving may indirectly boost generosity to the extent that people find it more intrinsically enjoyable to give together than individually. Interesting, interesting. And I wonder, I, I know that this isn't something that you've tested, but I'd like to get your intuition on whether the repeat instances of giving would then further increase generosity. Um, so, you know, the experiments which you ran are, you know, fantastic and they show that increased enjoyment. And I wonder whether one, that enjoyment would lead to people seeking that behavior again, and then also the, the repeat, um, the repeat giving would sort of, I don't know whether it'd be exponential, but certainly increase the donations over time. I don't know what your thoughts might be of that. Yeah, that, that is a very, very intriguing possibility. Um, I mean, of course we have to test this directly uh, with more experiments to more longitudinal experiments that track people's donations over time. But I think that's a really real possibility and our data will suggest that might be the way things are going, right? So um, we've only looked at the short term, but potentially if cloud giving is something that people find more enjoyable to do, uh, they're more motivated, they're more intrinsically motivated in and of itself to do. Uh, we know from past work that people tend to do actions that bring them intrinsic enjoyment more frequently. And so to the extent that people are more intrinsically motivated by collaborative acts of giving, um, it's very theoretically possible and real possibility that people might be more willing to give more often and more frequently if they feel um, that doing it together with others is a, it's a much more enjoyable thing to, to do. And by extension, just being able to um, give more frequently can perhaps increase generosity over time. Well, so to, I suppose to bring it back then to the more concrete and to base it on what you've found, what would you say are the key takeaways for practitioners from the two experiments? For me, I think the key takeaway for practitioners is that they really should give some balanced and careful thought to collaborative giving um, and sort of reflect on whether it's worth spending potentially limited resources to facilitate, right? So overall, we didn't find that collaborative giving was the sort of slam dunk to boost generosity, right? There's no huge surge in giving um, compared to normal practices of giving individually. Um, and I think that's important to note because collaborative giving can sometimes cost substantial amounts of time and money um, to use things like crowdsourcing or peer-to-peer -peer platforms or even maintain giving circles. Um, but that said, collaborative giving um, didn't actually undercut donations. Um, and if anything, to the extent that people 
enjoyed giving together more um, than standard practices, they were more likely to give more generously. Um, so I'm thinking that if practic practitioners can really implement collaborative giving in, in a meaningful, enjoyable and low cost way, it may boost donations in the short term. And, and as we were sort of just discussing, there is this real possibility that it could increase over time since if people are intrinsically motivated to give more often collaboratively than individually, um, it might increase exponentially or, or increase the amount of donations over time. Um, but again, that I mean that that possibility certainly needs to be tested with more research. Um, but perhaps you know if you're intrigued by this idea and you have some resources uh, or you want to find some low cost ways to sort of implement this, uh, maybe some concrete ways to do this could be to just have some campaigns that encourage donors to like grab a friend or uh, and donate together, or maybe encourage communities or classes as a whole to give together, um, because if donors enjoy this types of giving more, it may boost donations in turn. Perfect. I love the practical, concrete takeaways. Um, thank you so much for this conversation. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, as I say, I really appreciate that there are people like you out there researching how donors give um, and you know, making our lives as um, charity practitioners, you know, hopefully a little bit easier because we know what what people think and behave and feel when they when they give. Is there any way that people could keep up with you and your work? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am I'm a PhD student at Simon Fraser University. Um, I'm happy to share my uh, contact information as well. Um, I have um, like a Google, Google Scholar website that you can reach if you just Google me, um, but I don't have a formal website uh, as of yet. Um, but um, certainly there's, uh, I, I'm on Twitter at, J, at JDProux, P-R-O-U-L-X. Um, you can follow me there as well. Perfect. And is there anything that um, I haven't asked that I should have asked? Are there any other things that you want to add before we close? I think... This is it's been such a rewarding um, piece of, uh, of of research that uh, I've done my master's in for collaborative giving, but um, I'm really excited to take this one step further and really go into more community interventions through my uh, PhD. And so, as we sort of as I was mentioning a little bit um, before our call here, um, I've been really intrigued by this idea of trying to cultivate really generous, well connected, happier communities. Um, and there are tons of different ways to do that. And one of the ones that has been super intriguing to me is this idea of connecting the young and the old um, or people who experience um, disabilities and really trying to foster these connections and empathy for people of diverse lived experiences. Um, and so there's just been such a rewarding amount of work to be able to work with these communities and see whether interventions like uh, collaborative giving or intergenerational programs like this can really build um, more generous, but happier and, and more livelier and social communities. Um, so I'm really looking forward to being able to continue that line of work with myself as well. Oh, that's incredible. And it's such a noble cause. And I think, especially in the context of us seeing declines in fertility rates and aging populations and increased loneliness in older generations, I think that's going to be 
really important um, work. And if nothing else, I imagine it's going to be incredibly rewarding in the in the short term. Um, so it's been so good to talk to you, um, and uh, thank you for coming on and sharing. And I hope to see everyone uh, soon. Likewise, and thanks so much for having me. Hello, me again. Your homework for this episode is to have a conversation with a colleague about whether you think the experience of giving to you is enjoyable. Do you think that encouraging collaborative giving is something you should explore? Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And the best thing you can do to support this show is to tell other people. I hope to see you next time.